Hi, this is Shannon from SIS, the number four teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our recap on the Math Might Show and Teacher's Guide for episode 217-218. It's the third week of the Math Might Show, and we're here to give you information that will help you to be successful. Think of it as tips and tricks from Shannon to help you out. Don't forget, on every single Math Might Show, we include links to virtual manipulatives. If we're using place value discs in the show, you you can use the virtual discs to do it right along with your students while the show is going on. You can even use virtual manipulatives online with your virtual students. Our numeracy talks and number talks really focus on presenting different modalities to increase the application of quantity in the area of kindergarten. Our focus in the 217 episode is going to be on subtracting word problems part two. And then in 218, we're going to be doing addition problems with quick draws. The I can statements are I can use objects or drawings to show that I can solve a subtraction word problem up to 10. And I can figure out what is the same or different about a story problem. The extension activity is one of my favorite games called Trash Can Subtraction. And then, of course, we have visual model puzzles, which are also a ton of fun. Datsun, our subitizing, super, our subitizing superhero, don't say that too many times twice, from Deco Dots, is a star of the show once again in our numeracy talk. But this time, we're switching it up. Instead of the 10 frame, we're using the Counting Buddy Junior, which is a linear manipulative with five beads of one color and five beads of another. You could also think of it as the top row of the Wreck and Wreck. Our goal is to introduce this new idea of quantity to help kids get away from one-to-one -one counting to figure out how many beads there are. As you know, many kids eventually just memorize that 10 frame, and so they don't have time to really apply their knowledge of quantity in different modalities. In the numeracy talks this week, we also have friends that have different ideas and different thoughts about the answer. And as always, we're trying to bring in math practice three. A friend might say, I politely disagree with your answer. I think this way because, and we really want students to be able to prove or defend their answer to each other. Really want kids to experience this process of thinking and really feel comfortable with their ideas that they might not actually be the correct ideas and you might decide that you agree or disagree. How do I react when a friend doesn't have the same answer to, as me? What if I think I'm really right? In episode 217, we're working on using objects and drawings to understand the idea of subtraction word problems. We start off with really some delicious donuts on a plate that are getting eaten. And as we play one of our favorite games that I created called Trash Can Subtraction, you can check out the tutorial video here. As we know, when you start to teach subtraction with kindergartens, it's like they're stunned. Kindergartens don't usually get the idea of takeaway, and they really don't understand that you have the amount and some is taken away because they're so focused on understanding addition. Oftentimes they revert to what they understand with addition and don't really apply it. So in trash can subtraction, we're trying to use a mat where they physically have the trash can on it to help them understand that they're taking away the amount. To play, students can put their cards on the, on the mat. The amounts we're trying to use are seven, eight, nine, and 10 are really intentional. Students are going to roll a die and subtract that amount. So we want to make sure that we don't have the number, you know, lower than six because it would be a negative number. Once they build their number and they roll, students will physically remove that amount and put it in the trash can like they're taking it away. There's a nice recording sheet with the extension activity for this episode to help students get the idea of subtraction. Next, we move into the idea of subtracting word problems 
using a bucket of apples. We have another work map that you can use with the bucket on it to show how many apples were in the bucket. If there were seven apples in there and some, someone bought three, now how many are left? It's all about physically acting out the ideas on the mat, which depict the story that really matches the word problem. This helps kindergartners really visualize what they're doing. Of course, we'll draw a picture, an organized drawing, not real apples or haphazard circles, but we're going to put Diagonal slashes through the ones to show that those were taken away. Then do a number sentence. We follow the process with a variety of problems. I think it really helps students understand how the picture that we draw really represents what's happening in the story. For episode 218, we're going to do the same concept for our numeracy talk, but for the concept in the show, we're going to be working on how to figure out what is same and different about story problems. We're bringing in addition and subtraction word problems so kids can help really make the connection between them. Anytime we start a video clip, we know it will grab their attention. So we start this word problem with a video of penguins to help them visualize their quantity in the picture in more of a, than a static image. Let's compare. There are five penguins on the shore and then four more swim in the ocean. How how many are there? We can act this out with a nice organized drawing with the partition line between the five penguins and the four. And then we switch up the story problem to say there's nine penguins on the shore and four of them jump back into the ocean. Is my, in my picture, I really start with nine circles and then cross off the four to get five. But it's an important part to look at the comparison, looking at these drawings that we created for each of the problem. What do you notice is the same? What do you notice that's different? I often find that we're spoon feeding word problems to our kindergarten kids. We tell them what exactly they need to do and they're just like parrots and they never really internalize what they're learning. This is one of the reasons why I love the exercise of comparison when you're looking at the word problems. We do another fun story with jellyfish where we're acting it out and talking about the different ways that you can do the drawings looking to show that one is taking away and the other one is adding. The extension activity is one of our modified from our visual model puzzles that we created for SIS for Students visual math series. It was a virtual math series that we did this summer. Kids cut out the story, a picture, and a number sentence and see if they can match it. Again, it's about getting the kids to understand the word problems can really come alive. They're not just words on a page that you tell us what to do. Let's move on to first grade. Our focus in 217 is comparing numbers. In 218, we're talking about greater than and less than. The ICADE statement is I can compare two-digit numbers with a greater than, equal, or less than sign because I understand tens and ones. The extension activity that we're doing is a really fun greater than, less than game, and then we have a true and false sort that I think you'll really like. First grade also gets the linear look at our numeracy talks using the counting buddy senior, which is actually 10 beads of one color and 10 beads of another. This doesn't work with the rec and rec, but you can certainly make a linear representation with a pipe cleaner and pony beads if you wanted to, if you don't have the counting buddy. The goal is to get the students to acclimate to see the differences of the 20 in a different way. For example, they might see a 14 with a group of 10 and four more. Are your students able to transfer their knowledge from their double 10 frame to the linear representation? We also want some people to be incorrect and for kids to have that response of I politely disagree with your answer and the reason is whatever the reason is. 
In episode 217, we're comparing two-digit numbers using greater than, less than, and equal to, which we can do because students now understand tens and ones. We primarily use base 10 blocks in this episode and are starting off with two quantities built with base 10 blocks and asking students what they notice and what they wonder. When students first see the base 10 blocks and start to compare, they often look at the quantity of the blocks instead of the actual value. Here, one student says that there's 26 is greater than 32 because there's actually more physical blocks on one side. This is a big misconception of first graders. We spend time helping students build the language for the greater than, less than, and equal to using a balance scale. We rarely see seesaws or teeter-totters anymore where kids would understand the idea of balance, greater than, and less than. So we talk about apples on the scale and about either side being greater than, less than, or equal to. Our friend value pack stops in to help us to look at numbers and compares what's greater than or less than. We don't introduce the traditional symbols with the alligator eating the number because I feel like that's a procedure that kids really memorize in the beginning without understanding the concept. I think just eating the larger number because the alligator is hungry without taking into consideration the value of the number. We'll get to that concept, but first things first. We design the sample problems to require students to slow down and pay attention. For example, 64 and 44. Well, the ones are the same, but the tens are different. Look at 54 and 59. Wait, the tens are the same, but the ones are different. We also have to look at a few that are equal to, such as 35 and 35, where the tens and the ones are the same. The extension activity is a fun game where the students spin a wheel and each player gets to decide which number is greater or less. In episode 218, we continue with the Counting Buddy Senior as we did before. We're now comparing numbers, but bringing in greater than and less than with the symbol. We have Allie the Alligator and Al the Alligator with Mrs. Markovich does a great job describing the wider part of the symbols pointing towards the larger number and the point points towards the smaller number. This is this kind of can be confusing I think for first graders to help really understand the concept. We present statements like 34 is greater than 54 and 54 is greater than 34 and they have to determine which one is true. Then we switch the numbers and keep the same symbols. We want students to pay close attention to this idea of giving them statements and letting them decide. Is 17 less than 47 true or false? How do you know 58 is equal to 53? How can we make the statement true? The extension activity is a sort where students can go through and cut out different statements to sort in the columns with true and false. Next up, we have second grade. 217 is about representing 100s different ways. 218 is composing three-digit numbers. The I can statements are I can represent 100 in different ways, and I can compose three-digit numbers using place value understanding. The extension activity is a base 10 compare, and then also a game called Who Am I with some fun riddles. Episode 217 takes students and their knowledge of subtraction and to start with the idea of a number talk with Springling. We started with the Math Might Show in January, which is toward the end of most of the subtraction units. So this was more of a review as we move into place value units for these two shows. In this number talk, we're going to use a two-digit minus a single digit using the idea of Springling. 
Students agree with the way Stimon has solved it, but we're also showing a different way that you might decide to get there. In 217, we're starting off with representing 100 in different ways using base 10 blocks. When you look at the base 10 blocks, we're always taught to think, how many 10s, how many 1s? But no one ever tells us that there could be 16 ones. I was always told that you only could have 10 ones and that you have to trade them in if you do that. We want kids in the 21st century to be able to look at the abstract understanding and reasoning. We might have a number displayed with eight tens and 16 ones. Kids can see it in different ways. They might see that, 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 that there's 96, but another child might say that 96 is nine tens and six ones. But somebody else could still say that eight tens and 16 ones is still 96. Often our second graders will say, no, eight tens and 16 ones does not equal nine tens and six ones. We really wanna encourage students to have flexible thinking, however. We build our way up to being able to create the number 100 with eight tens and 21, which is another way to show 100. We want them to be able to rename 100. How many tens is 100? How many ones is 100? We use my favorite tool, the abacus, to show the different ways that we can create 100. Kids need to see that 100 can be broken up in a bunch of different ways. You can start to say the number, say 35 on the abacus, and then count the rest, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 65. And then you could see that the other part equals 100. Proportional and non-proportional manipulatives make an appearance in these shows. It might be a little over the second grade's head, but it was supposed to be helpful for the teacher and the parent watching to understand that unifix cubes and base 10 blocks are tools, I mean, are not only just tools that recognize by place value, but the second grade brain can really start to understand the idea of non-proportional manipulatives. I use the example of dimes and nickels in the U.S. currency. A dime is smaller, but worth more. A nickel is larger, but the value is less. This helps us start to grasp the idea of place value disks. Let's build 90, asking students how many tens is that? Now build 110, how many tens is that? We want kids to really be flexible with the console and be able to see the quantities in different ways and know that it might not be exactly all tens and ones, but truly understand the value of the disks. For the extension activity, we play a game called Base 10 Compare, where students look at the quantity, but the trick is that we put in not just 10 ones and 10 tens, we want kids to have that idea from the understanding to apply the extension activity by seeing numbers multiple ways. For show 218, we did the same thing with our number talk, showing subtraction in different ways. But for the concept in the show, we're moving into the idea of composing three-digit numbers using place value. We use a bucket of base 10 blocks and have students figure out how they can figure out the value of what I have. How many hundreds are there? How many tens are there? How many ones are there? Well, as you can imagine, I don't make this equal to the exact amount. We try 200, but I have 28 tens and I have 15 ones. So it's hard to just ask students to simply look at it and tell how many base 10 blocks they see as we've done in the past. We're really trying to apply the thinking. Kids have to understand that once we look at those blocks in the kind of groups like the values, we can value that out with four hundreds, nine tens, and five ones, which is the value of 495. They might not see that at the beginning. Then we call on our friend value pack because we're not talking about 
We're now talking about the value of the numbers. Value pack wears their values in their belly. So if we look at 495, we know it can be decomposed by place value, which is really great. Non-proportional and proportional manipulatives do come into play here. We use the place value disks where students can figure out the value using the fewest numbers of disks. I have 100, 7 10s, and 18 ones. That's a lot of disks. Kids have to apply their thinking to reduce the number of disks used. This is a really good hands-on activities for our students. I only have 16 minutes in the show, but you and your students can do these day after day in your classroom to give them more connection for understanding. We have a really fun game where kids try to guess the value of numbers, which is called Who Am I? Giving kids characteristics of quantities will really help the students be able to apply their understanding in the show to be able to name different values regardless of the tens and the ones that are seen but they're really looking at the total value represented. For third grade in 217, we're working on multiplying teen numbers, and in 218, we're multiplying teen numbers with larger groups. The I can statement is I can make sense of different ways to multiply that use the multiplication of teen numbers. We have an extension activity with um, multiplication with DC and then additional practice problems. Number talks continue with subtraction for third grade. However, we're encouraging third graders to think outside the box and show it in another way besides Springling. We have a surprise visit from our friend DC as Miss Askew does a great job showing the distance between two numbers but is really trying to understand why when you have to regroup 86 minus 48, a student might decompose 86 into 70 and 16. Ultimately, it's the same thing that we're doing with T-Pops. Make sure you check it out. The I can statement about is about really making sense of different ways to solve the multiplication of teen numbers. I have to be honest, it's one of my top favorite shows because it really seems to resonate with third graders to understand that when we group things together, we can see what that amount looks like. For example, seven times 13. We can tell students the procedure of do 10 times seven and then three times seven and you'll get the answer. But often kids can't visualize exactly what that means. I think building this problem with place value disks is brilliant as it really creates a great pictorial representation to help students understand DC's strategy. As I look at seven times 13, I'm now decomposing it into 10 and three, but really looking at the value of those numbers. Then I can make seven groups of 10 and really see what those disks looks like. It really helps to make multiplication of teen numbers less intimidating. Many students at this phase are oftentimes thinking of repeated addition, but we really wanna stretch their thinking with higher level strategy they can use. If we spend good time on getting students to build the skill of being able to decompose by place value to solve multiplication with teen numbers, it will help them apply their thinking in the next show on the use of the area model. An extension activity, we have four problems to be solved with DC, like five times 13 and six times, three times 16, to see if they can apply this new concept. In 218, the number talks really look at the same thing with T-pop, Springling, and even DC involved. In the show this time, though, we're looking at solving multiplication problems with teen numbers with larger numbers. Sometimes students are thrown into a procedure, honestly, of the area model. Put a number here, then put a number here. They don't really understand what it means. For the invitation to this lesson, kids look at different statements, and there's four different pictures to see if they can figure out which one doesn't belong. For some of the problems, you might look at it and say they all don't belong with one shape or one 
way, shape, or form based on how you describe it. But the goal is to help students stop and think that they're able to apply the concept based on their understanding. The area model would be a concept here for students. A couple of the questions in this show are actually asking students to solve the area model. If you had a whole year of math might, students would already have learned length and width. But depending on your pacing, you might need to review some of these concepts with your students. We want them to be able to create an organized model by applying their understanding of multiplying teen numbers. DC comes into play, helping us decompose those numbers and then put them into an area box so kids could see how we're solving. We do use a variety of story problems to bring the concept to life with a fence story, a hallway, and even some peaches. Now you might be asking, why am I not using Professor Barbel in our problem solving process? We're gonna spend February looking at there. Here we just wanna use some real life scenarios that require us to multiply numbers that are high. That's a really great activity at the end with DC that gives you four problems along with the area boxes really already drawn. We're taking multiplication a step further by multiplying teen numbers by getting students to plant that idea of the area box to help them really apply their thinking. Hearing feedback from the math mites from our administrators, teachers, and parents has really been awesome. I hope you're finding this to be a valuable resource as well. If you are, let us know. Send us a quick message on this link. If you're an MQ Molding Math Mindset member, make sure that you go in and download the corresponding PowerPoints. We're all using the same standards, so you could put them in a folder and you can organize the lessons in a way that will be helpful for you in the future.